Welcome back to Tiger Talk on a snowy, wet Wednesday evening. Appreciate you joining us tonight for our discussion of Nevada Tiger Lady Tiger Athletics as we switch over now to Nevada Tiger Basketball on the boys' side and get a chance to visit now with head coach Sean Gregg. And I'm Mike Harbett. Appreciate you joining us. Like the Lady Tigers, a bit of a slow week. Just one game in the last week. Certainly was a fun night though on Friday night on homecoming or courtwarming night. Big house, uh, plenty of activity going on uh, with uh, all the Wall of Fame inductions, courtwarming activities, and uh, as late as that was, you're probably happy you played first on Friday night, right? <laughs> you know, Mike, normally our guys don't like to be thrown off their routine, but I think with everything that was going on and as late as it was, I, I think it ended up being a good thing. And uh, uh, yeah, our, our, our guys, it didn't seem to bother them at all playing a little bit out of order. Well, just one game over the last week, and of course, we got plenty to discuss coming up. Uh, Nevada has the trip to McDonald County on Friday night. Uh, first trip back to McDonald County since Nevada re-entered the Big A Conference. So it's been a few years. Uh, after many, many years of going there all the time, it's been a few years since we've been down there to Anderson for basketball. Look forward to that trip. And, uh, of course, then we wait to see who the opponent will be next Tuesday. That is still to be determined by the results coming up later this week. We'll get into all those scenarios here in just a little bit. But first, Sean, let's talk about Friday night. Picked up the victory, 50, uh, 59. 42 over the Cassville Wildcats. A bit of a slow start for your ball club. Uh, fell behind, what, I think 16 6. And uh, you had a little, I guess, a little group meeting <laughs> to talk about it. And uh, from that point on, things started to turn around. Yeah, we got some really good looks early in the game. Uh, good shooters for us had open looks, and they just did not make those. Um, and then, you know, hats off to Cassville. They did a very good job of running really long offensive possessions. And we did a poor job of staying fundamental. Um, we, after 15, 20, 25 seconds of guarding, uh, there were several possessions where we would get caught sleeping a little bit, get caught ball watching, uh, get caught on a little back door, uh, maybe get beat on a curl, not talking on the screen. Um, or when we would defend it pretty well and force a tough shot, all five of us didn't box out um, and, and gave them some second chances. So it was a combination of us being cold on the offensive end and then just Castle being just more disciplined than us at the other end of the floor. And uh, luckily, though, Mike, this group quickly shook that off and realized that was not going to cut it and, and raised. Uh, we were able to raise our level of play uh, after that slow start. Yeah, and, and it, you can always look for reasons or excuses, but uh, you just mentioned you're throwing out your routine by playing first. You're just coming out of the court warming, which some of the players took part in. Uh, you know, does that uh, create a slow start? Maybe it does, Mike, but. I think our guys would tell you that we, we want to have the mentality that there should never be any reason that we're not at our best defensively. Um, you could maybe cite some of those things for the cold start offensively, uh, but at the defensive end, it's all about hard work, effort, um, being locked in together as one unit, and, and we just weren't there at the beginning. But, uh, again, glad that, glad that we were able to shake it off and rise to the occasion as the game went on. Well, that you did as you then over the next two quarters were able to score them 37-18. Obviously uh, got things going. Dalton game in a big part of that, 29 points in the ball game. Uh, the bulk of that coming in the second and third quarters, you were finally able to get him uh, involved in the offense. Right, and we talk a lot about how stops or defense leads to offense. Um, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but but our huddle program that does a good job of giving us advanced stats, and I would say for any program, but I think it's especially true for us. Off of stops, we scored at a very very high rate, and part of that is our transition game, and then part of it is is, is they're on their heels and they're they're not able to get set up, and I think we're able to quickly uh, get the ball inside a little bit easier uh, as opposed to after a make, and they're able to get their defense set up. So. 
I really think once the defense started to pick up, and then, then that led to the offense picking up. And a lot of times, it can be one play, the kind of ignites things. Uh, the baseline drive that Dalton had with the one-handed uh, jam, uh, that seemed to ignite you. It did. I think it got the crowd into it. And I don't know if if maybe we were a little bit in a in kind of still in the homecoming mode, visiting about that or whatever, but uh, it did. It got this, the student body engaged, and it seemed to spark us on the defensive end as well, give us a little bit more energy. And, and again, that energy defensively really keyed everything. What about the rest of your offense? Uh, you, had, you had Logan Applegate with 12, got four of those, in the four, or five of those rather, in the fourth quarter, so not a lot of scoring in the first three quarters. Uh, uh, McNeely Twins with six and four points uh, between them. Not a lot of scoring elsewhere, but again, it was a tough night shooting the basketball. It was, and, you know, I, I sometimes you have to take what the defense gives you. And, you know, Logan McNeely has shot the ball so well for, for such a huge part of the season that most opponents we're starting to see now really aren't giving much help off of him. And, uh, you know, it's a situation where we're going to have to be more intentional about making sure we run stuff to get him open looks uh, so that he does get those scoring opportunities. But, again, I mean, just – Logan Applegate was coming off a game against Monette on Tuesday where he was just on fire from the outside and was really electric on the offensive end. And we've seen a lot of teams give a ton of attention to Dalton. I thought Cassville did a little bit of that early, but as the game went on, they were really worried about Logan and Logan shooting the ball from the perimeter. And then our guys did a good job of getting Dalton touches, and he was able to be the beneficiary. So we are blessed with numerous offensive weapons and on different nights – different guys lead us and uh it was Dalton who uh really he can get it done from the three-point line inside and from the free throw line and uh, was able to do all that on Friday and for those of you keeping score at home Dalton game and now sitting at 941 career points so he's 59 away from uh, 1,000 could certainly get that done in two games so we'll wait and see how it goes on Friday and next Tuesday whoever the opponent will be for Nevada DJ White uh, 14 points. Got 12 of those, though, in the first half for Cassville. Held him without a field goal in the second half of play. Did you do some things differently on him? Well, he got a couple of those off of offensive rebounds and then a couple of those buckets off of some screen action that we didn't get communicated on. Really, we just talked about at halftime. You just Really, we just ask ourselves, how did this happen? Is he Is he just making superb, stupendous plays and getting these buckets, or are we giving him these opportunities? And we settled on the fact that we really gave him most of those opportunities. Our guys did a much better job in the second half of forcing him to be a playmaker as opposed to giving him some easy scoring opportunities. Um, and then he struggled a little bit from that point on. Carson Roller had 12, three trays in the game. Uh, he, he tried to keep them in it with his long-range shooting. Uh, any surprise there with the way he shot the ball? No, we knew he could shoot it really, really well. And one of those was really a tough shot, but the other two was just a little bit of uh, just a lapse of a scouting report defense where he's the one guy you don't give as much help off of when DJ White has it. Uh, there were there were twice where we were helping off just a little too much, and he releases you know, he's six two or three, and then he releases it really high, so you've got to be a little closer to him to take that shot away than you're accustomed to. Did a good job of that, I thought, for large stretches, just a couple a couple lapses there in the second half. 59-42 was the final, and uh, if you weren't there on uh, on Friday night, don't know where you would have sat anyway. <laughs> Standing room only for sure. We've seen some big crowds, but that might be the biggest. It was really, really fun, Mike. And, uh, you know, court warming played a part in that. And then, you know, the girls, our girls are having a tremendous season. And so we really appreciate everyone that's come out to support us along the way. And uh, just a couple opportunities left, so we'll look forward to more 
more big crowds here in the next the next week or so. I will mention your other teams, your JV and freshman split their games. JV getting a win. Uh, freshman, unfortunately, on the short end of a five-point loss. Uh, junior varsity, though, impressive victory for them. It was good for them, and they were able to convert from the free throw line really well, maybe better than they've done up until this point. And both of those young groups, Mike, have shown a lot of potential. Um, we've got a couple freshmen that we slide back and forth between those two levels, but uh, really our freshmen and our sophomore classes have really improved over the last year and, and shown that if they continue to work, uh, there's a lot of future varsity contributors at those levels. All right, so uh, no action at the beginning of the week, so you have extended uh, practice uh, practices this week. Uh, waiting for your next game on Friday at McDonald County. Before we talk about that, let's talk about your week, uh, how you've uh, spent the, the extra time. I did see your tweet uh, on Monday about the, the senior practice uh, slam dunk competition, I guess. But uh, how, how's your week gone with, uh, with the extended time in the gym? Late in the season, we like to find a time uh, when – we can kind of put seniors in charge of a practice. And we thought Monday this week was a perfect opportunity. Uh, it, it varies from year to year with what they put on the schedule, but uh, it usually combines uh, getting out of practice a little bit early. And then they like to lower the goals and win gym down to, I think, about eight and a half feet <laughs> so that uh, those that can dunk can then get more creative with their dunking. And then those that, that don't typically get the opportunity to dunk the ball can. So, there was a dunk contest, a three-point shootout, and then I, they usually call it like an all-star scrimmage where defense is at a minimum and that there's a lot of transition buckets, a lot of alley-oops and things like that. So it was fun for our guys. No one got hurt. They actually get a surprising amount of conditioning in that because they want to get out and run out for transition buckets on both ends. So uh, it was fun for us. Good, good team building, team chemistry, yeah, even – the freshmen, the team managers get involved in it. So uh, it, it was a good day for us. And then yesterday, again, a little bit shorter practice, but ha a hard-working practice where we focused on, again, some conditioning to make sure we're in the shape we need to be in going into this home stretch. Um, but also got them out of practice a little bit early because we're at the point where we want to save our legs a little bit uh, going into the last three weeks of the season. And then we were able, actually, Mike, last night to go over to the middle school to watch our seventh grade mm -hmm. compete in the, the conference championship game over there, which, which they were victorious in. And that was good for our guys to go sit together and watch a ball game. So it's been a productive couple days. Hopefully weather holds off this afternoon and we're able to, to have a good practice. And uh, we'll really focus on McDonald County tomorrow uh, with, with the scout on Thursday and then uh, head to Anderson on Friday. All right, so let's uh, move into uh, McDonald County uh, coming up on Friday night. Mustangs uh, going into the matchup, uh, sitting at 5-14 and 14 on the year. Uh, First-year head coach in uh, Brandon Jones. And ironically, uh, uh, Kyle Fields leads there after uh, last season and goes and has clinched uh, the Big 8 uh, West uh, Division title, or at least clinched the tie record-wise, but has clinched the number one spot uh, for the crossover game on Tuesday. And we'll get to all that here in a minute. But they have a first-year head coach now in Brandon Jones coming off a 5-20 and 20 season of a year ago. Sitting at five wins now, so I'm sure they're looking to eclipse what they did a year ago, so they'll have the opportunity to do that. Uh, when you take a look at their numbers, it looks like the they're, they're scoring okay, almost 50 points a game, but they're giving up a lot of points. Is that what you see? They're giving up 65 points a game. Yeah, Mike, they're, they're a young ball club. They start, they've started several different lineups this year, but three sophomores play a majority of the minutes. Um, Pierce Harmon, a sophomore point guard for them, played a little bit as a freshman at the varsity level. I was lucky enough to coach his older brother, Drew, uh, whenever I was at McDonald County before. Uh, Pierce is going to be a heck of a ball player, but you can tell that he's still an underclassman. 
physically still a little bit small, but he shoots it extremely well when he has time to get his shot off. We'll have to limit him from the three-point line. Another sophomore, Cole Martin, um, physical kid, lets it fly a lot, has, hasn't been able to – as a middle schooler, was one of the better athletes in the conference, was a big scorer, hasn't had the same success at the varsity level. He was another one that played some varsity as a freshman for them. Um, they're really just trying to build that program up. Uh, again, we can't allow him to just have easy catch-and-shoot looks from the three-point line. And then, depending on who you talk to, they've got a, a 6'10", to, to maybe more realistically a 6'8", uh, center, um, <laughs> whose uh, last name, Reedy Bacon, uh, is, is maybe how I would pronounce it. I think it's R-E-E-D-Y Bacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a big, long kid. I mean, if you, he's every bit of 6'8", if not 6'9". And... When he's allowed to catch it within three or four feet of the basket, he's a load to stop because of all that size and length he can put it in. So we'll have to make sure we get around in the post, not allow him to have easy catches. And then when we get around in the post, have backside help so it's not an easy lob pass inside. All three of those guys are sophomores. They're trying to build around that young group uh, to, to build for the future. Um, they play 12 or 15 kids at, uh, in any different game just – a lot of a lot of kids in the program, but I think they're just trying to find that combination that will make them click, so to speak. Uh, a lot of half court man defense, some full court man defense, um, and then, as you might guess, with a young team like that, they've struggled with pressure at different times throughout the year. In games where they don't turn it over uh, at a high clip, they've been able to be competitive. Uh, like they've got three wins in conference, um, and those were games where they were able to to ca- take care of the ball and get some wins. So. If we are able to take away those three sophomores who they they kind of run their offense through and then are able to get some pressure applied and turn them over a little bit, it's a game where we think we can have success, Mike. But uh, as I think Nevada fans will remember from years past and as I'm somewhat accustomed with, McDonald County is an interesting place to go play. Uh, it's it's an old-style gym with the, 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 the stage at the mm-hmm. end, bleachers that go on forever on both sides. They tend to, to pack their student section uh, and tend to really support their athletics down there from a from a student section perspective. So it will be important for us to assert ourselves early, uh, take the crowd out of it, and to, to dictate the pace of play from the very beginning. I don't think it's homecoming or anything, so uh, they haven't mentioned that in my correspondence with them, but it seems like we've always played it. Yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> It can be rather lengthy, <laughs> at least in years past anyway. But uh, Nevada travels down to Anderson. It is a busy night uh, down at Anderson. Uh, boys Junior Varsity actually play first at 4.30. Boys Freshman or C team playing at 6. And then the Boys Varsity at 7.30. So uh, three games for the uh, the boys side coming up at Anderson and McDonald County on Friday. But, uh, again, it be good to get back down there. Again, that was a, a common opponent for us uh, for so many years uh, back in the Southwest Conference, then the Independent Days, and then when they joined the Big 8, that went away. But now, of course, back. Uh, we've been down there for football, but haven't, I haven't been there for basketball, I don't know, I guess six or seven years now. So looking forward to getting back down there, as you said, a, a fun place to play some basketball. we got a lot of history in that gym. So uh, it'll be fun to get back down there. All right, so next week, we can't tell you who Nevada's playing yet because that is still to be determined, and that's what we're going to get into next as we uh, have the crossover game 
Nevada will be hosting. We know that will be the case. Nevada will play at home on the boys' side on Tuesday at Wynn Gymnasium against an opponent out of the Big 8 East. The opponent out of the Big 8 East is still to be determined. Let's talk, first of all, talk about the West. For those who have not been following along, East Newton uh, with their win last night against Seneca uh, clinched the, the Big 8 West number one spot. You can still tie them record-wise, but they own the tiebreaker, so they have clinched that number one spot to play for the championship on Tuesday. Uh, you will be two or three. If you, The scenario being, if you beat McDonald County on Friday, you get second. If uh, McDonald County wins, because uh, they do have three conference wins, uh, they they would be they would jump to that second spot. So you still have business to take care of on Friday night. We do, and it's important that we remember that um, our guys really. If we could have circled any team on the east side that we would like to play this year, I think our guys would tell you they'd like to have a chance at Logan Rogersville on our home floor after making a trip down there and playing a tough game on the road uh, last year. There's a decent chance that Logan Rogersville will slot into that two spot, depending on how the Catholic Mount Vernon game goes. And we need to take care of business to make sure that, that we secure that spot. Um, and again, you always want to finish as high as possible. So um, again, if, if both teams finish with one loss, uh, we would, Tie East Newton, which that that's there's something to be said for that. But with the head-to-head, would be in that two spot, and we want to finish as high as possible. So you're right, we want to go take care of business on Friday. Tremere East Newton plays Lamar on Friday, right? They do, yeah. Yeah, so uh, so they finish up with Lamar, who uh, surprisingly got beat by Cassville uh, last night. So uh, so they took a bit of a tough loss at Lamar. As far as the East is concerned, again, in trying to determine who Nevada's opponent will be. If Mount Vernon, assuming Nevada win, if Nevada, let me say, if, if Nevada wins on Friday night and Mount Vernon wins on Friday night in their game against Springfield Catholic, it's all clear cut. Nevada played Logan Rogersville next Tuesday. If Springfield Catholic defeats Mount Vernon, which could happen, uh, Catholic's got a very good record, as does Mount Vernon. Then you have a three-way tie <laughs> for first place with the old round robin thing where everybody's beat everybody else, and so they got to go way down the list on uh, on tiebreakers and what we decide. Finally. Uh, Common opponents, non-division, common, non-conference common opponents. Coach McNeely sent me the tiebreaker uh, scenario this morning, and uh, you know you go down the list, and I think the next thing would be non-conference common opponents. So if there are teams that all three of them have played, you would look at how they fared against those teams. If that doesn't do it for you, you then go to winning percentage overall, which. You'd have to look at that and tell me, Mike, but yeah. it, it would be hard to tell. That would be uh, a Saturday morning. Though. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> uh, as of now, it looks like Logan Rogersville is who we would play, but that that will depend on what happens Friday night. So, a lot to be determined. We'll be uh, checking while we're doing the game on Friday night. Of course, I'll be uh, checking uh, all of my sources that I have on my phone to uh, see how those games are coming out as well in the East. So, hopefully, we can tell you by the time we get to post game uh, who Nevada will be playing on Tuesday. With such a short turnaround, I really not know who you're playing. Now, you do have a couple of days, but I, I, it does it with the advent of uh, with huddle and all these things make it easier to, to get ready for an opponent that you don't know who's going to be for a couple of days? It does, Mike. Um, we're able to already have film. Of course, we've already played Mount Vernon, right. uh, but we're, we're able to already have film, already you know, have some preliminary scouting reports on those teams. So then, really, you know, it helps that it's a weekend and there's a little bit of a break. So, you know, Saturday and Sunday, you know, our staff will will really break down our opponent 
and then we'll come in Monday and, and really should have ample time to prepare for that game on Tuesday. If it is Logan Rogersville, of course, you played them over there a year ago for the conference championship, which they did win. They did graduate a couple of key players. Uh, they still got some jumpers over there. I, I think I showed you the, the video a week mm-hmm. ago. It was on Twitter of a, an absolutely amazing dunk by one of their players. But uh, what do you remember about Logan Rogersville? What would they bring back? Cade Blevins um, is, is their it was, yes. Yes, is their best player, and oh, you know a year ago going into the game, we knew he was a tremendous athlete and a tremendous jumper, um, and he's you know got just gotten more athletic and more tough to guard uh, this year. Yeah, they've got a point guard who shoots the three pointer extremely well, Mike, and uh, is quick off off the bounce. Those two guys really make everything go for them. Coach Schaefer, uh, who's had a lot of success at several different stops along his coaching career, uh, he's he's kind of famous or kind of known for running a matchup zone defense that when you have athletes to run it, uh, can be extremely hard to score against. You know, he was the head coach at Hillcrest, um, you know, going back you know eight or ten years ago now when they had Doriel Green Beckham mm-hmm. ran that matchup zone and just held teams just night in and night out in the 30s and 40s. We will have to be patient and have to attack that matchup zone well, have to make sure that the Blevins kid and that their point guard aren't allowed to get anything easy offensively. And it'll be a tall task because they play a very tough schedule. They'll be battle-tested playing in the Springfield area. And it, it, if that is who we draw, it would be a really a fun contest for us and really a game that would help prepare us for postseason play. All right, so we'll look forward to that. Whoever the opponent will be on Tuesday, hopefully, again, we'll be able to fill you in on who that will be when all the results come in on Friday night. Uh, when we're down at Anderson, we'll certainly do the best we can. So we'll look forward to coming back and talking about that on next Wednesday night's program. Wish you the best of luck down at Anderson. I'll see you there. In fact, I'll be sitting right next to you I'm down there at Anderson on Friday night. So look forward to that. And uh, look forward to coming back and, I guess, next week, probably getting ready to talk about District C meeting. That'll be coming up. Yep, uh, District C meeting is set for the 19th. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's next be, Wednesday. It'll be right after. It's actually going to be in the evening. So yep. we'll. Uh, so we're going to record before that. Yeah, we'll okay. be able to. Uh, we'll, I'll be able to tell you kind of what mm-hmm. things are looking like, and then uh, I'm sure Wednesday night I'll I'll be able to shoot that info to you yep. as soon as we find out. Yeah, we'll certainly update it on our social media as soon as we can. We wish uh, again good luck this next week, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks, Mike. Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray. We come back. Boys wrestling and girls wrestling uh, involved in district competition. Girls last weekend, boys coming up. And Tony Abate is going to talk with head coach David Hawks about that at this timeout on Tiger Talk.